Folks, it was great to be in SoFi Stadium in February watching the Super Bowl. Another guy that was there is our guest tonight, a man that won the Super Bowl with the Rams in February and was most recently named uh, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Delighted to welcome Kevin O'Connell to the Irish NFL show. Kevin, a warm welcome. Yeah, thank you, guys. I, uh, I, uh, I do remember that, although that seems like it was about five years ago, I do remember that night at SoFi Stadium in, in February. It was, a, it was a heck of a night. Kevin, we, we have to get this out of the way because we usually ask everyone of their Irish heritage, but you've got a very Irish name. Uh, do you have any background to this to Emerald Isle yourself? Uh, you know what? I uh, I actually, I should have brought one up. I, I uh, We're back in California right now visiting my mom and dad. And in my parents' house, we have our, our uh, you know, our Irish shield with our name on it uh, that we actually, my, my parents got years ago when they were visiting there. I have never been... Uh, but absolutely on my, uh, you know, on my bucket list of getting over there, I do play a little golf, no better place to go do that than, uh, you know, over, uh, you know, over in uh, where, where the game was invented, I, I've heard before. So uh, my game, unfortunately, is not ready to be unveiled uh, to the ancestors of our game. I got a lot of work to do, but uh, when it is, I promise, fellas, I'll be, uh, I'll be coming out there. I'll probably wait till my, my kids get a little older so they can experience it as well um but uh yeah appreciate uh, appreciate you guys having me on and it's good to hear those accents well we we would love to to welcome you to this little green island and it was during the the lead up to the super bowl that we learned about uh sean mcveigh's irish heritage he told us about his middle name being being patrick but we we're honored to, to have you on the show kevin and i suppose um, you know, you, you graduated San Diego State degree in political science. You were a four-year captain there. You played as a QB in the league. I'm just wondering, like, when did your desire to coach emerge? Was that something that was always there or did that develop as you went through your career? Yeah, it's, it was something that, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think in the back of my mind, it's always something I thought about because I, I was able to be around some great coaches myself, um, you know, as a player. And, and even long before I ever got to the NFL, you mentioned San Diego State. Um, I thought it was a, a, a really cool way um, to really do two things, stay around a game that I love so very much, but also connect with people and, and connect with people and players, uh, fellow coaches, fans. Um, in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, keeps you around the game as a former player. But uh, I've joked about this, but one of the ways that I found out that I had a chance to be a really, uh, you know, a, a coach in the NFL uh, was some of my coaches telling me, have you thought about coaching? Have you thought about, you know, we think you could be a pretty darn good coach. And I've joked about it because I think that's what you say to, to players that uh, maybe their, their, their career is dwindling down right before their very eyes. And it's a real positive kind of fork in the road you can present uh, to a player that maybe doesn't have the best of future on the field playing. But um, I've been so blessed to be around some great players, great coaches, and then ultimately be provided with a path uh, to really grow and and learn uh, what uh, my football philosophy is and, and feel really comfortable standing in front of my team now uh, presenting that on a daily basis because I believe in it and, and I, it's a credit to all of the influencers that I've been around. And just to piggyback a little bit on that, Kevin, just um, can I take you back to your introductory press conference with the Rams and Sean McVay kind of praised your big picture perspective uh, alongside your charisma and your presence as well. But can you talk a little bit, because you mentioned it there, about your coaching philosophy? 
Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing, uh, guys, is just you know understanding, you know how the culture of our building, how the culture of our team sets the standard, uh, and really that work environment every single day for our team. And and what does that mean? I want players coming uh, into our building every day who are excited. They're excited to be around me. They're excited to be around our coaches. And more importantly, probably most importantly, uh, they're excited to be around each other. And how do you build an NFL team, uh, you know, a collection of so many great talents that guys have been the, the best player on every team they've ever played on since they were very young? How do you bring all those guys collectively together um, and, and allow them to grow as a group the same way maybe, uh, you know, their college team or their high school team did uh, when when all, that was all that mattered to them? And in a league where uh, with the Twitter sphere and, and, and just all the you know, the ability to find out, you know, you know, that minute to minute reaction of everything you do, especially when you're a superstar in this league, like some of I believe our players are, uh, when you could get them to feel comfortable and in, in that safe space around their teammates, um, and they enjoy being around them every single day. And, and those core characteristics of our team bleed over onto the field, and then how we play football with one another. I think that's a huge part of it. And I learned that from Sean. Uh, you know, we didn't win a game in the month of November. I've talked a lot about this. We were a Super Bowl champion team that didn't win a game for 32 days. We lost three games in a row and had a bye uh, in the month of November. And most teams in this league, that would tear apart. You know, if, if your culture's not right, if collectively you don't have the right group of guys in that locker room or on your coaching staff, that's when things start to really fracture uh, within your team. And that did not happen. If anything, we grew stronger week in and week out. We relied on that culture and we just decided collectively as a group, what can we do just a little bit better uh, to go win a football game? And all we got to do is win one and then we'll win two and then we'll win three. And sure enough, we won nine out of our last 10 um, and, won our, and, and won ourselves a Super Bowl. But that experience will stick with me forever. Um, I, you know, and I think it's a valuable lesson for, uh, for our team in Minnesota to understand we can overcome adversity, but we're going to be able to do it that much easier if we do it together from the right foundation of who we are and what we are as a football team. Kevin, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Matt LaFleur, Brandon Staley, Zach Taylor, all coaches that involve you, as well as linked to McVeigh's coaching tree. And I suppose for you, from your point of view, you're, the likelihood is you'll be associated to that now, having, having worked so closely with him. Can you talk to us about your relationship with him over the past two years? And has he helped you in any way in terms of transitioning to the head coaching world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. I was actually with Brandon Staley uh, yesterday. Our families kind of became very close when we were playing together. We're coaching together in L.A. So uh, we're always, you know, using this time in the offseason to reconnect. And we were just talking about Sean and and just um, although my relationship goes back much further, I've known Sean since, you know, my really my first year coaching in Cleveland. I got introduced to him when he was the tight ends coach in Washington at the time. Um, but, uh, what, I, what I will say about Sean is what Brandon and I were talking about yesterday. He ultimately cares about people. Um, he's, he's got great parents. He's got a great family. He's learned that people are what define you and, and, and really what you win with is your people. You, you know, he uses this phrase, we compete with our schemes, but we win with our people. Uh, and he genuinely believes it. And, and those that play for him and coach for him, you learn to believe it too, because you've seen it. Uh, the proof is in what's happened on the field for that organization over the last five or six years. Um, and, and obviously he deserves so much, you know, of that credit for building that there. But, 
he's become a huge influence for me. He's one of my close friends in this league. Um, when you win a Super Bowl, obviously that helps. We'll have that memory uh, together forever. But ultimately, um, his willingness to share, his willingness to share through the interview process, helping me prepare for that while also preparing our team for that playoff run. And then ultimately, um, since getting the job in Minnesota, those early morning conversations, they're early for me. They're real early for him uh, being out there on the West Coast. Uh, but he's always so willing to answer questions that I have. Um, I can get his opinion and take on things. Uh, and I know he's going to give me uh, a great answer that will ultimately help me make good decisions as a head coach of my own team. So uh, he's been a huge influence on me, probably the biggest uh, among some great people that I've been around, uh, but I never took one day for granted getting to work side by side with Sean. It was some fantastic offensive talent, Kevin, as well. And can you maybe talk to us a bit about Cooper Cup and what you saw over the past few years leading to that triple crown last season? And looking at that Vikings scope, you've got some fantastic offensive talent and even to name one, Justin Jefferson, and there's serious potential there this season as well. Absolutely. Uh, first off with Cooper, um, it's just hard to really put into words um, just how good of a football player he is. I mean, everybody uh, sees the catches, the yards, the touchdowns, um, and, and, and ultimately that's what defines uh, the receiver position uh, in our league. But what people don't see all the time are the little things that he does, the way he blocks in the run game, the way he, uh, you know, picks up a teammate after another guy makes a big play, the way he throws a block to spring a, uh, uh, Odell loose on a catch and run, um, whatever it was, uh, Cooper Cup did it for our football team. Um, and I can't tell you how many times it was special walking in that quarterback meeting room, um, 6 a.m. every single day, 6.15, whatever it was. And yeah, Matthew Stafford was in there every single day working. To, to help us win a Super Bowl. But you know who else was with him every single day? It was Cooper Cup. And watching those guys work side by side uh, for that whole season, lean on each other. And then ultimately, uh, as a football team, we leaned on those two uh, to ultimately get it done, uh, you know, in that game to beat the Bengals. Uh, they did some really good things defensively to kind of take some things away. We lost Odell to injury. We were playing with some really young guys around Matthew and Cooper uh, and really rode those guys to that Super Bowl. Uh, fast forward to Minnesota, uh, one of the re huge reasons why I was so uh, dang excited to, to get an opportunity to interview for that job and, and for the job I have now, uh, in addition to having great ownership, great fans, uh, and a, a really great football culture in the Twin Cities, um, was our team and our players. And some of those skilled players you talk about um, really at every area of our offense, whether it's our receivers with you know, led by Justin and Adam and, and KJ and the rest of a really talented young group. Uh, we've, we feel really good about Irv Smith at the tight end position. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison, uh, you know, the rest of our running backs group. I feel like by the position, not only do we have marquee players that we can really foundationally build around, I do feel like we've got depth at those positions uh, to try to really build a complete team, a complete offense. Um, our offensive line's really coming together to play football um, the way we really want to play. We want to protect our quarterback. Uh, we want to be able to run the football and really give Dalvin a chance to impact the game and Alex a chance to impact the game and then ultimately allow all of that to set up the playmaking ability of our receivers outside. And we're really, really lucky uh, to have those guys. Uh, speaking of our quarterback, Kirk's been phenomenal. Uh, obviously, I had a relationship with him before. 
um, uh, you know, during that one year I was with him in Washington, but I know the skill set. I know his ability as a passer. Uh, what's been really cool is seeing how his experiences since uh, him and I have been around each other four or five years ago, uh, how it's really helped him grow and develop as a person, as a leader, and ultimately what's going to make him the quarterback that he is for us. And I'm excited to get back going with him this training camp. Nothing I love more uh, than spending time around those quarterbacks. And I suppose kind of on that, Kevin, you you have worked with some great QBs. You've been a QB in, in the league yourself. What is it that that makes um, a, a QB special? What is that allows them to perform at that elite level? Yeah, I, I think uh, that is a great question. I think it's one that uh, if if all 32 teams had the exact answer, I think our league would be uh, even more competitive than it probably already is, uh, you know, maybe the most competitive league in sports. But um, the quarterback position is the hardest position in sports, in my opinion. It's the, it's the most dynamic, uh, changing, evolving thing where doing your job directly impacts really not only the other 10 guys on the field with you, but the other 11 on the other side of the field as well that's trying to do everything in their power to make your job as difficult as they possibly can. So what can you do as a quarterback? Uh, you know, a lot of it, uh, you know, these quarterback gurus out there can talk a lot about different things, and uh, but a lot of it comes from natural skill set, the ability to be naturally accurate throwing the football. And what does that mean? That means that when you pick up a ball, and I speak from experience on this, of not being the most naturally accurate passer that, that I, that, that I wish I was, I wish I was more of, but when you pick up a football, it just makes sense to you to throw it wherever you want, uh, put it, uh, you know, in tight windows and not have to think about it, not have to think about how you're going to do it. It just naturally happens. Now you can ultimately work, uh, to slightly improve and modify your game, uh, much like a golfer, uh, you know, altering technique slightly to help be more accurate with a tee shot or, uh, helping them putt on the putting green, whatever it may be. But quarterbacks can change. But normally the guys that ultimately change and 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 get to become elite are guys that had pretty special skill sets to start uh, throwing the football. Then you open a whole can of the the intangible things like toughness. Uh, you know the ability to process. Uh, you know very high amounts, uh, large amounts of information in a very quick amount of time. Uh, those guys are elite thinkers. Elite. Uh, processors thrown in to create uh, problems for a defense playing off schedule. Uh, there's the veteran like Tom Brady, who uh, pairs a whole bunch of uh, experience and, and, and that supercomputer in his mind to be uh, maybe the best to ever play the game. But uh, I'm excited about our quarterback, Kirk. I really am. And, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about watching his game go hopefully to a, 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 the next level in his career as he continues to progress. Just, I suppose, you know, we, we're thousands of miles away, but we love the sport. We love America's game. And we we watch, um, you know, we're all familiar with the clips. Mahomes against the 49ers, and he's talking to Andy Reid about what he wants, or Foles against the, the Patriots and the Philly special. And we, as Michael said, we were there in, in SoFi. I'm thinking about, um, you know, the, the no-look pass and, and um, cup on, on the crosser. Was that something that had been, you know, worked in, in, um, in training in the lead up to it or was that something that Matthew um, kind of said I don't I I want to make this happen well it, really what was going on in that game um, it's it, it actually culminated in a lot of different things with with how Matthew uh, you know handled that play in in 
conjunction with the rest of that long drive, we went on to retake the lead. Uh, but once we lost Odell, uh, every single third down of that game, uh, Cooper Cup had a, there was a legitimate double Cooper, not not a, you know, a double team where you're like, oh, there's kind of some people floating around. Maybe that guy's helping. There was two human beings covering Cooper wherever he went on third down, those known passing downs. Uh, so what we decided was, you know, we weren't running the ball real well, not as well as we thought we would coming into the game. The Bengals did a great job kind of limiting us from that standpoint. We really figured out that we had to throw the football on first and second down uh, and and kind of really figure out how to activate Cooper when they weren't playing man coverage on those early downs. So when you go back and look at it, a lot of it was just about trying to find voids and vacancies in their zone coverages that were really built in a lot of ways to stop the run. Uh, hence, uh, Vaughn Bell, if you remember, was the player that Matthew looked off to be able to throw that ball. He was a safety dropping down into the box, really, um, you know, to provide some presence to help stop Cooper, but ultimately to be a fit in the run game uh, to, to help get that eighth defender down there in an unconventional way to make it hard on us running the football. So we kind of had to take that information and, and apply it to how we were going to throw the football. Hey, Matthew, there's a good chance there's going to be a defender kind of in that window to throw that ball. And as only Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, can, uh, you know, when uh, defenders in the in, in a window to throw a football, that is not an obstacle he cannot overcome. He, he did that many times this year, maybe with less notoriety than in front of 300 million people in the Super Bowl. Uh, but what I can say is that's not the first time Matthew did that, and it won't be the last. He's got an incredible ability to feel areas, voids, uh, and vacancies to be able to throw to, uh, guys like Cooper uh, into those areas. And uh, we talked about playing quarterback in the NFL and what defines those guys. Having the ability to do that is definitely a huge part of it, uh, you know, having great field vision and awareness, that big field vision to know how to attack a defense. Kevin, you, you touched on all the players that you're going to have at your disposal, like, you know, a great set of players with the Vikings. And it's not too far away now, training camp. The rookies next week, the vets the week after. From a personal perspective, this is probably, I suppose, this is the first training camp. What you've had a lot, this is the first one as a head coach. What's your, I suppose, what's your mindset going into it? And I suppose, have you taken a step back in terms of the enormity, the work that you've got ahead of yourself? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's very important that we look at it. We, we 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 got a lot of really great work in the spring. We built our systems. We introduced our our team to how we want to play schematically in all three phases. We started to touch on a lot of the situational football that will come up. Uh, but I I do feel like training camp is going to be about uh, obviously within the rules and and our team's ready to go for this. But it, we we we've got to find out what kind of team we are from a toughness standpoint. We got to figure out how we want to be able to run the football, how we want to stop the run, and then how we want to pair everything on offense and defense with that. Uh, I want to create a competitive, you know, environment for our team that's not combative, that we understand ultimately that, uh, you know, we're all Minnesota Vikings in the end, and, and we're all going to do whatever we're going to do this year as a football team together. We're going to do it, uh, you know, alongside the guys we're going to be competing with uh, in training camp to help improve our team and be the best versions of ourselves for this season. And then ultimately we're going to have some opportunities with those preseason games. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have the opportunity to see our team compete. Uh, who's going to make our team will be determined a lot out of those games. And then the practices, uh, joint practices against the 49ers, no better team uh, to, to figure out where you're at from a toughness and 
uh, in the run game and, and trying to stop the run than, than bringing those guys to town and having two really great days of work leading into a preseason game. So the training camp is going to be huge for us. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to treat every day as an important aspect of building our team because it's really not that much time uh, when you peel back the layers and look at, at, at the time on the grass you actually get. Got a very, very quick fire final round, Kevin. I, I'll very quickly start it off. The Vikings do a lot of work outside of America. We had a lot from Northern Ireland. Now it's a fifth round pick called Adam, I think. So shout out to him. Uh, a lot of people very excited for this game in London. It's 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 a new challenge for you as a head coach. But uh, going to London, I think week four, it's, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it really is. Uh, early, uh, you'd love to have that a little bit later on in the year where you could get that buy right afterwards. But uh, we're excited. We're excited to get out there. Uh, you know, we know we have a lot of great fans over there. I, you know, I've, I've, I've really kind of uh, had a lot of fans reaching out to me, uh, you know, from 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 uh, obviously uh, London, Ireland, um, all over there that you never knew there was Viking fans, you know, in, in that part of the country or that part of the world. Sorry. But um, I hope to see all of them, even though we're technically the road team. Uh, I hope we see, uh, you know, a lot of purple in the stands there at Tottenham and and, uh, you know, try to give ourselves an extra home game, uh, even though we're technically, like I said, considered a neutral site kind of road team for that game. But we'll be excited to get out there. A lot of work to be done before we do that. Uh, but I know our team's done great things over there. I think uh, have won, uh, I think, uh, all three times they went over there, they've won those football games. So let's keep that going. You mentioned Sean McVay introducing you in L.A., and you did the same for Wes Phillips back in February. And we've had the good fortune to have Wes's dad, Wade, on, on the show with us. Not only is he a brilliant football mind, but he's an incredible storyteller. And obviously his granddad, the legendary uh, Bum Phillips. Can you talk yep. to us, Kevin, a little bit about, you know, Wes and what he'll bring to the OC role? Yeah, I, I think it's very important as the head coach uh, when you're going to call plays to have an extension of yourself. Um, you know, at, at that, uh, you know, offensive coordinator position. I felt like I was that for Sean. It really grew into a role last year where I felt like I was actually, uh, you know, year one with COVID and everything going on. You know, I, I, I remember looking back after the season and feeling like I could have done a better job uh, for Sean. And I told him that. And, and so going into 2021, you know, there was a lot of emphasis on, on me really taking uh, an assertive role in our offense and helping build it. Uh, and, and I felt like I was able to help Sean in, in ways that, that uh, you know, helped us ultimately be a better football team. And I really challenged Wes to do the same thing for us. Uh, Wes is very smart. He's got great experience with, obviously, uh, you know, multiple aspects of the offensive side of the football from coaching different positions and having a background there. And then ultimately, I don't think it's a coincidence, just his demeanor, his poise, his, he's, he's unbelievable in front of our players. Uh, I don't think that's a coincidence with, obviously, Wade and Bum. And, and being, a, you know, part of those bloodlines that, uh, you know, he's got some incredible, incredible examples of great, great coaches right in the family uh, that he's been able to learn from throughout the years. And I think it's really developed West to become not only who he is, uh, but they've pushed him and Wade's pushed him, I know, to be his own man and be his own coach, you know, while using that influence, uh, that great influence that he has. So, uh, very, very lucky to have him. Uh, very lucky to actually get him out of L.A. to come join us and and, and have him be excited uh, to, to be a part of it. He was huge for me this spring, and I can only imagine how big he'll be for us this year. Kevin, you, you obviously many a successful team when the GM and, and the head coaches joined to the hip. And, you know, every year there's a transition for many a team with new GMs and head coaches. You're obviously in the same 
situation this year. Can, can you talk about your initial uh, period with the new GM and the relationship which you've built up together? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, we've known each other for a few years, uh, you know, actually back to San Francisco in 2016. We both had like kind of smaller roles and really weren't, uh, you know, tasked with interacting with each other a whole heck of a lot, but we still found a way to do it. I had a lot of respect for him and just kind of wanted to learn his background and vice versa he did with me. And so we hit the ground running. I feel like we built a, a football team we can, you know, we're really proud of and we feel gives us a real chance to, to compete this year while also having a mindset, uh, you know, on what we're trying to build and sustain more importantly, uh, hopefully for the long haul here. But uh, he's done a great job, his staff, um, a lot of the existing folks that were in the building already, um, our ownership has provided us and 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 everybody uh, working there, you know, in Egan with the with the resources and the opportunities we need to to do our jobs uh, to the best of our abilities and and uh, getting to work alongside Quasi. I'll tell you what, there's not anybody else in this league that I'd rather be working with uh, side by side every day um, than him. And and I just can't wait to to get back going and get to work. It's an exciting time in Minnesota, Kevin. And look, it, I think it says a lot about the organization, yourself and the people behind it. You know, it's a few weeks out from training camp and the amount of time and detail you've given us, we massively appreciate it. And want to wish you the very, very best of luck. And uh, not just this season, but I'm sure for, for many seasons to come and hopefully chat very soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you very much.